I'm SP from Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., a show about the general Marvel comic universe, part of the Guinea Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other hilarious and fun geeky shows at guineageeknetwork.com. Welcome to episode 34 of Better Podcasting Live Chat. I am Steven, and with me, of course, is the fantastic, the super terrific, he says, why is Steven even here, SP? I'm excited. Not only is it Better Podcasting Live Chat night, but because I have an oven that has an air fryer integrated into it, it's 25 cent wing night. Sweet. That sounds like an awesome thing that we should... Totally not talk about any of the other stuff we're going to talk about. Don't only talk about the air fryer. I want to do that tonight instead. There could be an entire podcast series on this oven, this range that has an air fryer in it. It's amazing. And it, unfortunately, it's just not smart. It, it's internet capable, but it's not smart. Like there's an app I could tell if the stovetop, the range top is on or off, but I can't control it. I can. I can't start the oven though. So if something was like, if you're hiding your podcast drives, you know, like people used to hide VHS tapes in there or whatever. If you put your podcast on drives, all the raw data and stuff, right. And then you put that in the oven because it's a nice place to store it and you accidentally turn it on, then you're going to melt your podcast in your oven from work or wherever you are, the store or whatever. Uh, you know, since we're completely off the rails there, I'll just go ahead and say uh, I, my wife once made like a birthday cake and and we have cats and they like to get on things and, and whatnot. So she put it in the oven um, as like, you know, keep it away. It was, okay. it was like yeah, sure. it was decorated. And then we had to do something for dinner and she forgot about it. And she she turned it <laughs> she on, just turned, the turned oven. it on. And luckily she remembered <laughs> in time. So it was only a little bit like a little bit melted <laughs> the icing, but <laughs> it could have been a disaster. <laughs> It could, it could. I've, I've just heard horror stories about that and like people putting it on the cleaning yeah. thing, which is disastrous, by the way, because if you have a self-cleaning oven and then you turn it on, it automatically locks and it doesn't unlock until it cools down to a <laughs> right. little bit. So if something's on fire in yeah. there, you're not going to be able to get to it to take whatever it is out. So it's going to burn and, and that could be a disaster. So, so believe it or not, you're listening to better podcasting live chat. You, you are. I mean, this is the sort of stuff that two dudes that podcast that own homes that uh, we're worried about. You know what? We could put something in our ovens. I, I think you have about the same oven that I do. Maybe not with the air fryer, but you have no. about the same oven. So you can't turn it on from uh, an app? Yeah, sorry. I could do that. I, I could, but it's got a safety thing where you have to, I think after you have to like pre um put it on that mode so that you can't like do that you have to actually oh. I, I believe you have to once it runs once then you have to go and you have to basically activate the remote start um so that you you can't do that just without having oh. been to the I oven can, in recent i can do it right now i yeah let's see uh well let, let's podcast <laughs> instead of playing with our ovens from our podcast studios but what I was saying is why we're podcasting, if we want something to eat afterwards, we can go ahead and, and click that on while we're podcasting, you know, that, or in the true. middle of our podcast. Yeah, we could do that. And then we'd have dinner when we came out or we could have a flaming kitchen. What are the two? You know, I, I think we could tie this, though, this whole smart home thing into how you could use smart homes to 
make your podcasting endeavors a little bit better. Like, let's say I'm ground level outside my front lawn. Let's say that uh, I'm trying to record and, you know, the neighbor kids are running on the front lawn. I could just turn on my sprinkler system and scare them off while I'm podcasting. Or maybe a couple of years in the future, I know they exist now, but they're incredibly expensive. Turn on your lawnmower, your automatic lawnmower, yes. and just turn it to go. The problem with that is the new ones are going to have sensors, just like our drones. They're going to have sensors on them. Mm-hmm. So whenever they reach something that shouldn't be there, they're going to stop or they're going to go around it or whatever. And uh, that, that'll that be interesting how they do that because people like patterns in their lawn. But my point is, you're not going to run over the kids. You're not going to scare the kids away because... After a couple of times, even the youngest kid would be like, I'm not, I'm not scared of that thing, which is, which is dangerous because if yes. they do malfunction, yes. it, they can be dangerous. They can cut off feet and, and hands and stuff like that. But anyway, uh, yeah, we could do that. We could have an automatic lawnmower. Uh, there's of course, uh, lights or sirens, you know, that the, uh, emergency mode that you could put on in, in your house, you know, you could do that outside. You could do that. Right. Which, yeah, I don't know if you'd want to do the sirens because even with a dynamic cardio microphone, you are really yeah. close to that window. I mm-hmm. think you'd be able to hear those sirens. I, I, I definitely would be able to hear them, but it would be fun to watch on the security camera footage later. <laughs> you could edit it into the podcast, yeah. the, the video part of the podcast. Even this, the live chat, we could edit it in. All right. So apparently today is Apple podcast subscriptions birthday. How can they have a birthday when it? Oh, it's actual. It's the day of birth. Yep. Today is the day that we have Apple podcast subscriptions. They're live, at least in the United States, I assume in Canada, maybe worldwide. I don't know. Uh, But June 15th, 2021, the day that we're recording this episode, Apple podcast subscriptions are live. Now, Stephen, I have a question to ask you. Yes. What is better podcasting stance? What is the hobbyist? What what does this mean for the hobby podcaster? This Apple podcast subscription. What do you think? What's your take on that? Um, I I think that for the average hobby podcaster, it's probably not worth your time. However, I think there could be perhaps something in the audio drama world that you might start to see people be funneled a little bit more towards that side of things, um, just because I guess, I guess you'd have to see, right? Because audio dramas are their own beast in podcasting, right? When you, when you look at the whole market of podcasting and I think they offer some, some unique things and I could potentially see the general population looking to, to Apple podcast subscription service or expecting that that sort of thing would be where they would find audio dramas. But I don't know. I, I think it's too early to tell for sure. That's just a random speculation. But I I think at this moment for the average hobbyist, I think that it's it's just wait and see because it might be that it's just not a tree that you want to you want to bark up if it's costing you money. And this will cost you money. I believe it's $20 a year per country. I, I'll have to source that. But I've read that a couple of places. It's it's definitely $20 a year. And I think it's $20 a year per country that you want to go into. So it is a little expense as you go forward. And if you don't have a big enough subscriber base, it's definitely not going to be worth it, right? Because you're you're just not going to take in enough. Because Apple's taking 30%, I believe. Right. I, I want to say is what I heard, 30%. 
So even if you get like 20 people giving you five bucks, so you have all your production value that's going into the podcast and you only have so much money coming in. And you bring up a good point that I, I hadn't really thought about there is that you might have some hobbyists that go, okay, well, it might work out to be a wash. So I'll, I'll just go and I'll give it a try. I'll see. I'll put out the money and then, okay, look, it, I, I broke even. Depending on your tax laws, you might still have to report that um, because it still is income that you got, but then your loss, you have to count against it, right? So, uh, you know, we're not tax lawyers. Look into it. But I, I, th- I think that you would probably... With something as big as Apple Podcasts, they are going to have taxes and everything down to a T. So like paperwork that needs to be filed and whatnot for any income that's coming your way. So I I think you would probably want to make sure before you even embarked on those endeavors that you were familiar with what happens if you make money on your podcast. Well, I know with Amazon, like your affiliate with Amazon, they just pay you. And you're responsible for the taxes. They don't take the taxes out for that because how how do will they know what the percentage of taxes are? It's not a flat. United I, I States meaning, does not have. I was yeah. sorry. I was meaning more like you know if they have to file, these are the people that we paid money to. Like yes, they, yes, that was they, what they I was have talking to, about. They have to report that. Yeah, you're right. Uh, they'll report uh, whatever. I believe it's called an EIN or EIC. It's the Employment Identification Number EIN that a corporation has so if you have filed an llc for your podcast you'll have an ein in the united states i think canada is very similar so either that or your social security number and amazon or apple or whoever is giving out the money will have to report that to whatever uh tax revenue service in the united states the irs that they have to go to yeah now just a backtrack a little bit audio i believe you are absolutely correct audio dramas and the hobbyist area is probably the singular best place that will take advantage to any sort of monetization in podcasting and i want to double tap that by saying there's a lot of incredibly talented people in podcasting as a whole Mm-hmm. And that are hobbyists like you and me, but just incredibly talented, great storytellers, always have great content out there. And they want to get their start in podcasting because they're being shut out of other places. And podcasting is a great place that they could start, get noticed uh, eventually, and that uh, they will find their audience and whatever. It might take a little time, but they're going to get there. With audio drama specifically, Hollywood in particular, and the book market and the audio um, book market, I guess, they have mafias around them and they are slowly trying to adjust to this new reality where people can put their content out there relatively for free and and low, low, um, low overhead. YouTube is an example for video content. Uh, Twitch to a certain extent is an example. Uh, You have uh, sites, funding sites like Patreon uh, only, only fans gets a, a very adult connotation to it, but I, I only cite that, that there's more than just Patreon out there. Buy me a coffee. There's one, uh, there's, there's a lot of different ways where people can get paid. And in Hollywood specifically, it's been a very focused industry that has acted as a serious gatekeeper to a lot of talented individuals. And I've heard the term blacklist be applied to scripts like 
there is, uh, if an independent person like me would have a hard time getting into uh, the where scripts get picked up because I'm, I'm nobody. Nobody knows me uh, and nobody really cares about me as an individual because sometimes in Hollywood, it's who you know or the group that you're around. And there is now a site and I need to find the site. I just heard about it. There's a site out there where you can go and you can upload your script, your independent script, and it can be read by people and then turned into some some great movies. And there's some great examples of that in the past 10, 20 years. And the internet has been a source of that. I think audio dramas, from what I've heard from audio dramas, like the phenomenon, for example, that was an audio drama that was made out of a, a really B-rate book, but you listen to the audio drama and you're like, man, the production value that went into this. And then they started going their own way. It was just amazing. And uh, we, we've had uh, Sarah Ray Werner on the podcast with Girl in Space. That's all original work. She's done a tremendous job. Uh, we have in our Discord server people like John S. Badger, who's doing audio dramas. You have Damien, who's doing a role play. So he's script writing to a certain extent as a game manager. I believe that's the, the GM, the term it is. I think audio dramas in particular have a great possibility out there to get ultimately noticed to get some uh it, it's like an independent book that people start start reading in there and they recommend it to friends and stuff and it just picks up i think audio dramas are particularly positioned for that and especially hobby podcasts hobby audio dramas have a great uh, ability to get noticed and and whatever so i think you're right i think audio dramas have a special niche in hobby podcasting and with audio dramas, I think that they're going to write their own rules as they go along. And they have to be the most careful when they yes. start up about monetization. They have to have their ducks in a row as they start getting out there, start winning awards, start advertising, start getting some traction because it can blow up really quick. And if you don't have your ducks in a row from the beginning, it's going to come back and bite you. Say you don't have a particular licensed part of music that's in your sound design. That's going to come in. Somebody is going to say, you've got a million downloads. You now owe me X, something like that. So you just have to have that in mind, but it is also an incredible opportunity. Agreed. All right, let's go ahead and move on to something a little bit different here, which is about recording issues, because I know that you had some recording issues this past week. And in the past, we've talked a little bit about StreamYard, and StreamYard is a platform that SP uses for Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. to mm -hmm. stream his podcast out to the inter interwebs. But also, um, he here's the thing. It, it becomes a connection method for him as well. Even if he... he didn't put any effort into having that video stream go out anywhere to anybody. Uh, he's talking to people through it. So it's his main connection method for his podcast. And so I know StreamYard has been sort of an easy thing for a lot of people to use. And you had a bit of challenges because you were trying to connect through your mobile, wasn't it? Yeah, so I, w I won't point this to StreamYard necessarily. I think they could have done a better job of downscaling into a mobile uh, situation where you you might not have enough bandwidth. But my issue was my internet went out at home. Again, we talked about it before. We had to slide the better podcasting recording a couple of days, a few weeks ago, 
and we thought everything was fixed. Well, a couple of days ago, uh, last week, uh, six days ago, actually, we were recording, or it was five days ago, we were recording Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, recording our reactions to the first episode of Loki, which is a new series on Disney+. Plus. And I had noticed some intermittent internet issues earlier in the day. I started running a continuous ping and I was getting some drop packets, but it, it wasn't a lot. And I was going to call again to see if they had, um, if my cable service, my broadband cable service had actually troubleshot my connection in my area to see if something happened. I have no idea what happened. I just know it went down. It went down hard in the middle of recording. So I was like, oh, great. It happened not once, but twice. And I thought I would save it. I, I knew this going in. So it went down before we started recording. And while we were recording, I thought, you know what? I will just hop on my mobile and connect that way. And we'll be able to finish the podcast recording. And we're all recording our audio at our places on dedicated recorders. We're not going to lose anything. I was running a little risk without a backup, but I, th I was thinking, you know, that's why we have backups to be able to go without them sometimes. And unfortunately, when I flipped over, the internet went out twice while we were recording. So three times in total, once before we were recording for a while, and then twice while I was recording. I think they were actually actively trying to fix the issue. So they had to, you know, sever the connection while they put a new part in or something like that. So I, I went over to my mobile the first time and it was awful. It, I have 5G and my reception in the podcast studio isn't all that great. I get one or two bars, but I should have 5G and the bandwidth just killed it the, with StreamYard. It just did not work great. I had to connect over Safari is my so i have an mm. iphone i was on safari so i connected there it, there was not a dedicated Streamyard app but i was able to get in and we were able to continue and then all of a sudden I, it was stuttery didn't quite work had nothing to do with my internet because i clicked the uh the the wi-fi off right and uh it was very laggy and it was difficult and then my internet came back so we went back to the internet and then it happened again where my internet went out so i'm like great i just we were like five minutes from being done the second time so <laughs> I, I jumped on the phone again and and i'm recording here and i'm just holding my phone up like like this basically trying to get a connection i didn't care what i looked like at that point i'm like well the video product is not the biggest product out of legends of shield the audio product is so i'm like i just need this to connect to record as you were saying right and it went down again i'm like i got really frustrated really frustrated that my mobile my backup wasn't working at all and then finally the whole internet came back we recorded another like three or five minutes finished the show and that was it it's a shorter show it was going to be a shorter show than normal for legends of shield but because of all that, and because of all the issues that I've had, I have an editing backlog now with Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. over the last month or so, and I have just started to edit this last week's podcast, and I'm just taking a look at all the files that I had to bring in because the video... Um, oh, so um, on one of the times that I was trying to disconnect, I erroneously hit the end call button instead of the leave this session button oh, so no. i had to start a new session 
And, and that took some time. And so I started a new session and it went to a separate YouTube video and the recording that I do, because I use the free version of StreamYard, you know, a lot of this is on me and, and what I've chosen to pay for and what I've not chosen to pay for and the bandwidth and my computer capability that I have. And I was just done with it, but it's recording on YouTube. So I had to start a new session to stream to YouTube. So it would be recorded there. I haven't got to the point yet where I'm listening to the ladies as I'm not connected to see what they're talking about. Cause usually it's hilarious what they do when I'm not around. <laughs> so I'll have to go in and do that. But yeah, I ran into some issues. It was uh, my internet was the issue. My 5G was the issue. So don't always plan on I can go to my mobile phone for video. Right. Now, I, if we had some sort of audio connection, it might have been fine. Say Discord. If we were connecting via Discord on audio only, that might have been fine. Or, or clean feed with audio only, it might have been fine. But this was video and it just it wasn't happening. And I, I was just, I'm, I'm very frustrated over the past month and a half, all the connection issues yeah. I have. And I understand how other podcasters, when they have, and this is not the first time since I've been podcasting that I've had connection issues, but I understand where other podcasters, I didn't get flustered. I didn't get mad like while I was recording. I was just trying to fix the problem. I was Apollo 13. Just fix the problem. Just work <laughs> with what you got. Just get it done, right? But after the fact, I'm like, why did I have to do this? It's 2021. Why did I have to do this? This is inexcusable. And uh, so thoughts of Starlink are going through my head right now, but. Mm. I, I actually have a coworker, a coworker who only has DSL available in his neighborhood, and he is on the beta Starlink uh, testing um, uh, list. So it'll be interesting to hear because he lives within a few miles of me, and, and for Starlink, that's good enough as a beta test, right? So it'll be interesting to see what his experiences are with Starlink. He doesn't do podcasting, but he does a lot of gaming, and gaming does have a lot of video that goes back and forth. So we'll see. That's interesting. Uh, I've seen a few different video reviews, and I would be very cautious if I was a podcaster trying to use Starlink. Um, best example I have is uh, there's someone that I know uh, or I follow on YouTube. I don't know. I wish I knew him. Uh, he's a great guy. Uh, he's got drone videos, and he can't. He's, oh, is that the Canadian? He's a Canadian guy. He's got drone don't videos. Don't all you Canadians know each I other? I know. It's the one guy I don't know in Canada. And, uh, anyways, he he has troubles with. He's worked at home for years, he said, and he basically can't use it for his uh, video, yeah. video, no, audio calls, not even video calls, or his audio calls because of random dropouts. So I'm curious about that. Uh, then also there's Linus Tech Tips that did a test for gaming, and I'm, I'm intrigued that you know a guy doing gaming because it didn't sound great on that side as well. But we'll see, you know, you know, it, it's... It's beta, it's beta Starlink, and I'm sure it's only getting better and better as things go on. Um, yeah. But the bottom line from that whole story is that SP said that he went to one or two bars and then started to stutter. That's what I took away from that whole star story. True story. <laughs> I had a appointment with my doctor. My doctor uh, said, uh, SP, you need to start trying to raise your good cholesterol, which is HDL. One of the ways to raise HDL, I don't know if you know this or not, this is legitimate medical science here, is to have a glass of red wine a night. Now, scientists aren't quite sure exactly how that works, just to let everybody know. There's, a, there's some studies going on, but it's something in between how a man's body reacts to alcohol and all the antioxidants that are in red wine. 
that then help it in. It's not in excess, by the way. It's not like let's have a bottle of red every night, every hour or something like that is literally have a glass of red wine a night. And that it, you can define a glass of red wine as five ounces. So funny enough, I have been delving back into drinking some red wine and uh, I unfortunately have noticed a lot of adverse effects from that. Uh, stuttering is not one. Stumbling is not one. Uh, it is other issues that I have to deal with. So uh, yes, uh, there may or may not have been alcohol involved, but it was only one glass of red wine. I, I think I'm finally understanding why tonight you've you've had just taken us right off the topic list. I, I understand now why. True story. I have not had my one glass of red wine tonight yet. Uh, all right. K kidding aside, uh, I wanted to uh, mention something that. Oh, I'm skeptical, SP. I'm I'm I've become. No, a, I've you become, don't say I've become a cynic. And and I want to just put it out there that. I now have crossed into the territory of basically anything new service wise for podcasting that comes out. I am a complete cynic about it. I'm skeptical about it to the point that I'm just deleting emails without even looking into it. And, and the reason why I wanted to mention this is because for a while, you know, having better podcasting, we have for a long time gotten emails from people who are trying to mention a new service that they're tailoring towards podcasting. It's, it's what happens. But the thing is, a lot of times I've noticed that it seemed like a pretty basic marketing effort, you know, like kind of a startup would where you have someone that's in, in charge of reaching out to different podcasts and they, they try, try to put a little effort into the customization while usually you could probably respond and say, hey, I usually it goes like this. They go, hey, we're a big fan of better podcasting and we wanted to tell you a little bit about our new service. And SP and I always joke behind the scene because and, and now it's in front of the scene uh, where it would be like, What's your favorite better podcasting episode question mark? Because you know that they're just batting numbers here, right? Yeah. And and they're just putting that out there. And so um at least though, you know, generally you get this feeling that it's it's trying to break the mold a little bit on marketing. It is it's you know to a degree somebody doing it. But we're, we're we did have one or two that said, "Oh, that the thing and it wasn't this way, but that thing you did like last episode, that was great." So Basically, once they got right. the email, they went back to our latest episode. They played it on like 5X or whatever yeah. to get through it. And they're like, oh, yeah, I, I could talk about this. <laughs> yeah. So at least they went through that effort. Yeah. Um, but we've I, I feel like podcasting and new services has now gone past that. We've evolved past that. And now we're just in the straight up tech spam territory. And, and what I mean by that is you have poorly written emails that are very blanket statements. They're broad. They don't even try to customize the email. And they follow the exact same pattern that tech emails have for years, which is send an email, then send another follow-up, again, without any customization, and say, hey, I noticed you haven't responded yet. And then send a third one that says, oh, I just want to check. You know, Did you get my last couple? And I'd like to remove you off my list, sort of thing, right? And they're all just you know canned emails. But we are getting so much of those emails now through our better podcasting account that is just like, I just delete them. And I know that at some point I will do a disservice to our listeners by not looking into every single one. 
But unfortunately, it's just become so plentiful, whether it's a new hosting provider or it's a new take on some podcast tool, or it's something that is, is you know, a, a new service that somebody is trying to sell. We just are getting so many of them that I just have, have started to have to just go do what I do with most of my Gunna Geek email spam, which is just delete it without responding. So it, it sucks because I know at some point there will be something legitimate that would be of interest, but I, I can't do it. We're getting so much lately. Yeah, usually I will depend on our audience by asking, hey, have you tried this, whatever this is? And I'd be like, oh, no, but yeah, I'll look into it now that you're asking and then just look into it a little bit. I'm so glad you brought this up because for those that don't know, I am a moderator right now over on the podcasting subreddit that's podcasting with an ING at the end. There's various different podcast subreddits over there, but I am a moderator on podcasting. And one of the things that I do as a moderator is I literally look at each and every post that is posted that comes in. Even the ones that get auto modded, deleted, I am looking at them to determine, was it a correct deletion? And if it's, if it's not, I will put the post back on there or somebody, another moderator will, but I will personally look at at all the stuff that comes in. I'm not the only moderator over there. We have a whole moderating team. Great, great group of guys, actually. So that's one. And then another thing is we get because we have a rule in the podcasting subreddit about not promoting yourself without checking with the moderators first, because that just is a gatekeeper and it prevents a lot of spam from going on there on the subreddit and keeps it more readable for all the members. So we get a lot. The moderators get a lot of mod mail. That's what it's called. Mod mail in Reddit basically a direct message to the entire moderator team for those that don't use Reddit. So there's a lot of messages that come in from people that are developing new tools or are asking for a survey to develop something because podcast podcasting is now kind of big business and you can yeah. develop a tool that is going to make money for you if you come up with the right thing. So everybody's searching for that. So we get a lot of mod mail in even from even some of the podcasting big names saying, is it okay if I post it here? And we have a process that we go through and we have a lead individual that takes care of that. Nick, by the way, is, is the mod that takes care of most of the stuff, but we all look at the mod mail as it comes in, or most of us do anyway. And there's interactions back and forth. My point is there is so much that is coming in that it is literally impossible to go in and check it out and say, Hey, this is, for hobby podcasters, this is not. Oftentimes, it's more word of mouth in the podcasting space with other podcasters that I depend on to zone into something rather than the first thing. And as hobby podcasters, I will say that it might be a little bit kind of the, the rant that I did last week <laughs> on Clubhouse on the main Better Podcasting show. There are some things that come in that are worth it. But it's few and far between. It becomes a where do you want to spend your time to do the, to uh, uh, get a return on investment to make your your podcast worth it, make your time worth it to go ahead and do that uh, to try out something new. Oftentimes, I will say not be on the first wave, but be in the second wave of okay, they've ironed out the bugs. You know, the beta is gone, come and gone. And this is usable. And there are some people that have put 
some initial best practices out there, maybe some initial YouTube videos on how to do a tutorial of how to use it. And, and then you can really take hold of it and, and run with it. But I would think that if you're a hobby podcaster, your time is probably better spent creating content, making your content better than it is to find the next best thing to help you produce your podcast, promote your podcast, whatever. I mean, at some point in time, you need to look into that. But I would think make your content better and then take these opportunities, not in the first way, but in the second way, because there's just so many of them. And then so many of them will go bye-bye. That, yeah. that was the issue that I brought uh, last week with, with Blab, with Clamor, which was a tool to use for podcasters and others, but Clamor and, and now Clubhouse. Is it worth it to go into Clubhouse? I don't know. But the, the whole thing of the 15 emails we get every week about, hey, have you checked this out? And then you get three of them. It's like, yeah. uh, I just want you to go away because it's not worth my time. It's interesting seeing them come in. And, you know, the other thing is I compare and contrast that list with it, literally with the list that comes in with the email that's associated with the Starling Tribune. Oh, and if, it, <laughs> if I get a if I get the same email in the Starling Tribune and it's not like from Apple Podcasts or something like that, I know that you are just spamming galore. So I have that compare and contrast that I can go after. And if I'm getting that email on Starling Tribune, I know it's not something that's worth my time. And for those of you that, that don't know why, because Starling Tribune was the show that SP used to do that is is dead. So like that, there's no activity there. Yeah, we finished that two years ago. Actually, I get some of the email from Voices of Defiance as well. But most of it, I got... Starling Tribune got on some sort of spam list. So I'm, I'm getting a lot of, <laughs> of podcast spam through that. And it it's annoying a little bit. But then when I have a second to take a look at that list versus the better podcasting list, I go, oh, my gosh, you know, th this is just a bunch of junk out there. The only other thing I wanted to throw in on this conversation is that I do I do have concerns because of how mainstream this marketing has gone. Um that the cesspool that is affiliate links within the industry is going to get even worse because we've seen this from for, for years when podcasting was in niche. Often the services that were being recommended by certain big names were the ones that had affiliate codes or payments or whatever. Here's the thing. The gunnageek.com site for written content, it, it's dead for years. We don't, we don't have written content on there. I, multiple times a month, get offered for like a hundred bucks or whatever to post an article on there. I don't do it. I, I don't do it. I ignore the emails. They go to the junk like like I, I just described. But I'm just saying, people don't even care that the thegunnageek.com has no real eyes coming to it, but they're willing to just, just hand out a hundred bucks, which, you know, I should maybe take them up on because that'd be probably American and maybe could buy like a whole massive house up in Canada with the exchange rate. But uh, no, I, I don't take that. And, and my point in, in sharing this is because it shows what a big marketing campaign is willing to put out just for for whatever their motivation is. And so I worry that this is now going to mean that these podcast service affiliate uh, dollars are going to be even greater than they were, really sweeten that pot for those who who were willing to basically promote a service without testing it before. And now we're going to really have that impact because... I don't know. It seems like it's a great in the the industry was already set up for, you know, recommending things for free hardware or free 
services or free uh, promo codes or free free service or you know affiliate links. It was already there, and now we have mainstream marketing efforts coming in. It might be really hard to know whether somebody somebody's recommendation is legit or not. Yeah, the affiliate code thing. I I hear that every once in a while when I listen to other podcasts about podcasting, uh, which is few and far between. I I used to listen to them all the time. I haven't listened to a legitimate podcast about podcasting in a while. And there's some good ones out there that I need to get caught up on, but I, I just haven't. And one of the things that got me when we started Better Podcasting back in the 2014 timeframe, when we were deciding to do this, as a matter of fact, it was one of the reasons that we decided to do this, is we were taking a look at all those affiliate codes that had come in and like, why, why did the Blue Yeti get its <laughs> tremendous start in podcasting? And to this day, there are people that go get a Blue Yeti because they read some article that said the Blue Yeti is the... Uh, microphone to get and there are pros and cons to it there's a lot of cons to it. there are better options today to go do, to do it but it's products and services like that that are not a perfect fit for you as a hobby podcaster that get you sucked in because there's an affiliate link or an affiliate code out there and there could be a better service or product out there, but it just might not have that affiliate link. So it's not talked about at all. Yeah. And, and that's one of the things that we wanted to talk about here on Better Podcasting is, is the real uh, capabilities and opportunities that you have out there that don't cost a lot of money. I'll give you an example. Uh, StreamYard, I've been using that. We were just talking about that. It's free. So I've been using that. It's not ideal. It has its issues. But it's a great capability for something that's completely free. I'll so, tell you another thing that's completely free uh, that you can uh, provide funding if you want to is what you use, Stephen. It's Video Ninja. Right. Formerly OBS Ninja it is now Video Ninja. And there's no affiliate link. You're not getting anything by recommending it. I'm not getting anything by saying I'm using StreamYard for free. Um, I have used CleanFeed because the developers reached out and they say, Hey, do you want to try this out and use it? I did. Uh, I, I, I had some issues with it just from the way that I podcast, but it was decent and, and I know other people use it, but I have no affiliate code for it. Um, I, and, and for that reason, we can also say we don't recommend certain products and services right. like Zencaster, for example, I don't know if there's an affiliate code or, uh, with that or not. Zencaster consistently has issues with audio sync. Yeah. Even today, I was listening to uh, one of the podcasts that I pay for, uh, which is the Delta Flyers, which is uh, a couple of the actors that were on that show have gone back and done rewatches. And uh, I've been listening to their podcast when they do interviews. It is painfully obvious to me that they are using some sort of service. I don't know if they're using Zencaster or not, but it's very Zencaster like they get audio sync issues and there's no way they can pull it out because it's in one track. And it is, they're over talking each other and it's just annoying me as a fellow podcaster going, guys, it's so much better out there. And as better podcasting, we say, we can say, don't use those services. So Zencaster is one of them. Don't use Zencaster. There's other services out there that you can use because of the issues that are in there. Now, if you, if you like Zencaster, if you want to use Zencaster for whatever, go ahead, go, it's your choice. You can go use it you will run into, you might, you probably will run into problems, in, in my opinion, anyway. 
So uh, the guy that runs that caster is actually a really cool dude. It's just the, the technology behind it is it, it's very an issue. So anyway, the affiliate links and the ability to recommend uh, products and services that are not the best fit is one of the reasons why we started Better Podcasting. And to get all these emails and to see all these new products and services coming in and uh, know that some of them are going to get traction because of the affiliate code, um, I, I know for a fact that many, many, many other reviewers and podcaster about podcasting got their Rode Procaster for free. And that is why it got a lot of traction of this is the best thing ever. And a little bit of it is it kind of worked for some people, but a little bit of it is they got it for free. They literally got it for free. Rode sent it out to them. They, they have not asked them back. If you ask anybody that got one of those original Rodecaster Pros, did you have to send it back? Did you have to pay anything for it? If you get an answer from them, they will say, no, I didn't have to send it back. And no, I did not pay for it. Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so let's talk about, uh, since we're in the hardware territory, and you know, we got a few more things we want to quickly talk on, but uh, we actually had a question from John S. Badger saying, I have now gotten both Steven and SP's raw audio, and they are flawless. I'm sure you have talked about plugins, but what do you two use specifically that removes all the background noise? And then I described just I described something and then he responded and he said, so what you're saying is your studios are just silent. You such and such is. So let, let's go here. I'll turn it over to SP in a second here. Um, first off, uh, I don't know what SP sent him, but I did send him my raw audio. And, and by raw audio, I mean like I just downloaded the the hundred tracks that road that the road procaster forces you or the roadcaster forces you to extract and then i uh anyways took the one track and i sent it to him and mine i did not do any modification to it uh, i also want to say that I, I actually slightly disagree with him i don't believe my track is flawless yeah there but i i understand you know he's talking relatively speaking and he was being I, I, kind I, 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 I... Yeah, I'm not pointing at you either. I, I know mine isn't flawless either. That's the first so, thing I wanted to say. So, Please continue. So he's being kind. Um, but I I do believe though that what he was referring to is that overall it's fairly clean. And, and I do feel that. And the reason I feel that and I'm comfortable saying that is because I've worked to achieve that through a few different things. And we've done some episodes on this, but the bottom line is that in my opinion, it comes down to two things that I have a clean recording. The first is the biggest thing, which you take a shower before every recording, which is, yeah, okay, that three things. Number one, I take a shower okay. before every recording. Um, but no, this, the biggest thing that I think is that I use a DBX 286S preamp slash semi processor. So, what that is, is that is a preamplifier that my microphone goes into and it applies the gain to the microphone. And then it has a bit of gating on it. So the gating, if you're not familiar with what gating is, is basically gating is when you have an audio source and it basically closes, it silences things to a degree when there is not a signal. Now, the way the DBX-286S is, people are probably saying, well, Stephen, you're kind of wrong on that because it's more of an expander. But any anyways... It, it's that's kind of beside the point. I just want to acknowledge the person that's writing their angry email to me right now. Um, but that's essentially what it is. And so what happens is that if there is background noise that is low level when I'm not talking, it's the hardware is helping silence that in itself. 
But the other side of things is applying the gain properly. And this is a big thing we've talked about on the show before, but I don't think people necessarily pick up is you need to make sure you have clean gain, meaning that that microphone can essentially be amplified cleanly as close to your microphone as possible. And if you don't do that, what happens is essentially you are increasing hiss noise. So like, let's say that I went from, like I go from my microphone to my DBX-286S to my Rode, um, Rodecaster. Sorry, I forgot the name again. Uh, to, the, to the Rodecaster Pro. And so I go from my mic to the DBX-286 to my Rodecaster Pro. That's, that's what happens. If I went and I turned the volume, the gain down on my DBX-286, and then I turned up the volume, the gain on my Rodecaster Pro, what would happen is the Rodecaster Pro would essentially be amplifying some line noise that was coming because my microphone was too quiet at the DBX-286. Essentially, it's going to add more noise. And a lot of people have done this when they have two pieces of equipment between their uh, microphone and their end recording. They apply the gain in the wrong spot and it adds a lot of extra noise. So really, those are the two things that for me, I think, made the track as clean as he was referring to. And you can get links to both the DBX-286S and the Rodecaster Pro at betterpodcasting.com slash links. Just kidding. By the way, <laughs> I was the road say, do we have that set up? <laughs> I, I have no idea. So the, the I was completely kidding because of the affiliate yeah, conversation before. Uh, also, the uh, item that I was referring to before was the Rodecaster Pro, not the whatever I was calling it. I, I don't even want to say it again. So the Rodecaster Pro was the item I was talking about before. And uh, to reiterate what Stephen was saying, yes, I do not believe that my audio is flawless. There are probably issues with my audio. Matter of fact, I've had people analyze my audio before and say, well, you know, it's not perfect. You have this and this. And like, oh, great. As long as it sounds good, that's really what I want to know about it. I also use a DBX-286S that uses that noise gate and uses the um, the, 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 the the gain technology on board to uh, inherently make it uh, clean. Also, the space that I podcast in is, it's not soundproof, but it's pretty good soundproof. You don't get a lot of echo. Even if we used our DBX-286S and we were podcasting in our bathrooms, for instance, you would hear some reverb out of that. It wouldn't be just completely clean. So our spaces have something to do with it. Matter of fact, I get cleaner audio when my when my back... Um, uh, photo drop is up versus when the uh, sound waves go all the way to the back. Also, it's a very, I'm basically in a walk-in closet. It is a home office, but the size of it is about a walk-in closet. And I have bookshelves behind me stacked almost ceiling to uh, floor to ceiling full of, of books and access baffles. We've talked about it before. So it is not only the technology that we're using, but the space. And Steven's studio is a little bit bigger than mine. But it's not incredibly bigger than mine, and he does have some things in there that attenuate sound. Uh, for instance, I know for a fact both of us have carpet, right? You have carpet in your office? I do, or is yes. It? Yes, so that helps versus hardwood floor, right? Uh, so there's just different things. And if you're, if you might be starting out in life and you might have just uh, bought your first house or maybe your first unfinished apartment or whatever, and you put up a little card table with a desk in it, and that's your podcast studio, 
you're going to get reverb in that room simply because there, there's nothing attenuating the sound. Even if you use a, uh, a the best dynamic cardio microphone out there with a DBX 286 or, or some sort of noise gate and use all of the processing power in the world, you're going to have to attenuate for that reverb just because they're in there. So I, I do appreciate John reaching out to us and saying that we have such good audio probably in comparison to his other voice actors, but it's because we've literally spent uh, between the two of us thousands of dollars on our setups. Uh, we're a little bit older in life and, and, and we've accu accumulated podcast gear over the years. If you're just entering into podcasting, uh, there's just going to be a certain amount uh, that you uh, have to deal with. Also, one thing that I will say, and every time I've used my Samsung Q2U or my Audio-Technica AT2005, uh, very similar, they're, they're dynamic cardioid handheld microphones that are both XLR and USB compatible. Uh, the, every time I use those, I lose uh, something that I, ha I use all the time on my DBX-286S, and that's a de-esser. And I can hear my S's all the time, and I can also hear breaths all the time. And uh, so the, uh, the noise gate helps take out my breaths on the DBX-286S. And it definitely helps mitigate my S's or sibilance is the correct audio term to use. So yes, it, the, the gear does help, but it's by no means not the the only thing out there. So uh, thank you very much, John, for doing that. Also, thank you very much for having me on your audio drama, not once but twice as, as a commercial and then as an actor. Thank you so much. I know there's been a couple other opportunities that I've had to turn down because I was busy. I was not at home. I was not in the studio, uh, but it's great that you reached out to both of us and I can't wait to hear uh, Steven's uh, bit that he is coming up as well. So uh, moving on, I want to talk, you know, I was talking about the fact that we had the opportunity to be on John's show and I, I do really appreciate that. Um, there will always be in whatever you do in life, whether it's podcasting, your career, family, uh, whether it's a hobby, there's always going to be that next opportunity that just comes available for whatever reason. Could be through sports, church, whatever you got going on. Uh, first of all, I want to say that I'm not bringing up this topic because I'm taking an opportunity to go somewhere else. I am staying right here. I'm not going anywhere. However, I have had, as Stephen has, we've had we both have opportunities come up. So I just wanted to talk a little bit about next opportunities when they come up. Uh, definitely has occurred to me that for you, listener or viewer as a podcaster, there will be opportunities for you out there. Uh, I will say, grab what you can that fits where you want to be. So if it fits what you want to do, what makes you happy, and where you see yourself. In the future, whether that future is three months, six months, two years, five years from now, go ahead and grab that. But here's another tip. Don't overextend yourself. If you go to the golden rules of hobby podcasting that I put together for episode 50, one of the things was don't do more than two podcasts per week because you're going to overextend yourself. So with any opportunity that comes up, say uh, it's moderating something that you feel really passionate about and all of a sudden you've been asked to moderate 10 forums out there. It's, it's too much. You're not going to be able to do it. So don't overextend yourself. However, if there's a bigger forum that gives you more visibility in the moderation world that you want to go ahead and, and take advantage of, go ahead and do that. But you're going to have to say goodbye to some of the other stuff that you're doing. Might not necessarily be moderation, might be another hobby that you're doing or whatever, but don't overextend yourself. 
And in that line, saying no is okay when it doesn't fit into the time that you have, the timeline that you're projecting yourself on to be, or where you want to be in the future. It's okay to say no. You don't have to say yes to every opportunity that comes out there. And most of all, since we're talking from better podcasting standpoint, have fun with whatever you're doing, whatever your trajectory is, even if it's career-wise, make sure that you are having fun. Uh, unless you're one of those enigmas that is incredibly good at this skilled thing that's out there and you just absolutely hate it. But say, say you're a brain surgeon and you are very capable of doing this one type of surgery that's going to help so many people out there. Every time you go in, you help a person, but you absolutely hate doing it. Not helping the person, but the actual surgery. I mean, there, there's, it, there, there are chances out there. There are things out there that are like that. But you'll just be more happy in life if you're having fun doing whatever it is you're doing, both for your hobby and for your career and, and family and stuff like that. So make sure you have fun. So I just want to touch a little bit about next opportunities. I've had a few next opportunities come my way this year, and I've had to say no because they don't fit into... Uh, the time that I have or where I really want to be. And and I've mentioned retirement before, and and maybe that's where that came in. It's like, well, you know, eventually I'm not going to be able to do all this anymore. So what do I really want to do in the time that I have left? So I've been thinking in terms of that. So it's not always the, the young 20-year-old, an 18-year-old, 22-year-old that's thinking about the future. It could be somebody in their 50s or 60s. They're like, well, you know, I only have so many years left. What, I really, what do I really want to do? So just take that into consideration. You don't have to do everything that comes your way. I'm so glad you brought this up because I, I got a couple quick things I want to touch on here. Um, first off, uh, I, I know you said you're not going anywhere. That's awesome to hear. I'm, I'm glad because it would be really awkward if you kind of announced that on here without talking to me ahead of time. But uh, that's OK. Uh, but You were sleeping when I was talking <laughs> earlier. So. No, I was not. I was I was chatting with our chat room. We got a great bustling chat room over at Geeks.Live because we do stream the show live on Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern at www.geeks.live. But no, um, I have to say, like, you know, I, I have personally stepped away a little bit from that commitment of, you know, the Good and Geek Show will continue or better podcasting will continue or whatever, because I, I have finally become wiser and, and realized that to the successful parents like yourself, you, you guys are knowledgeable. And one of the things that you personally have always told me is that, Hey, you think your life's busy right now? Just wait, just wait. So I, I you know, where my life is at this point, I, I personally will not make that commitment because I could all of a sudden be in a situation where it's like I, I, I do not have time to podcast, and like that would be a very difficult thing. But it could happen in my life. But that's that's just one thing I wanted to mention, and, and also give you the nod because yes, you, I very much do value your parental advice. I mean, we both like talking about media stuff like TV, movies, and that sort of stuff. I'll be open and honest to, to everybody that's listening to this. There have been shows or films or, or content IPs that have come along that Stephen and I have both said, and with Chris, our co-host over in Get a Geek, we've gotten together from time to time. It's like, yeah, it'd be kind of good, cool to do a podcast on this. And then we all like... No, we don't have time. No, yeah. no, no. Bad SP, bad Steven, bad Chris. You know, we, we just don't have time to do this. And so you have to think, okay, in, in that particular case, do we want to do that new thing, which we know is going to end in, in two <laughs> years, or do we want to continue on with the Gonna Geek show or whatever show, like better podcasting or, or whatever? And so those are decisions you have to make. 
And uh, whatever your podcast is, if it's podcasting, if it's something related to the podcast you're doing, just uh, just think uh, in terms of your available time. It's great when some of these opportunities come. I should have started with that. It's great when some of these opportunities come out because it's amazing the stuff that happens over the course of of you being engaged with whatever community for a little bit. But at the same time, it's like uh, I can't do everything. I, I wish I could, but I yeah. can't. So. Uh, and I now have three points altogether. So I've said one. Number two, uh, in our chat, we have Current saying, SP going to leave hobby podcasting for a big deal at Spotify. <laughs> well done, Current. Uh, and, and, and That's a good one. That's a good one, Current. <laughs> I, I like that. That's, are you a comedian? Are you are you a uh, stand-up anywhere? I'll go see that show. And my third point is something that I've kind of mulled for a little bit. Um, and this kind of fits in here well. And... I want to just put the advice out there to everybody. You do not have to say yes to every guest request that comes along. And admittedly, I'm on the bad end of the spectrum where I don't make enough time for guest appearances. Like, I I fully admit that I I should make more time. Um, So, you know, if people are thinking, oh, well, you know, that's why I never came on my show or whatever. It's I I admit that it's a flaw of mine. And and what I'm about to say does not does not fall, fall into this this thing here. What I see a lot of people do is say yes to guest appearances without asking the right questions. What is it in what is in your or what is in it for you going on there? And what are you going to offer them? We've talked about that before. Those are two really important questions you should ask yourself. And if you can't authentically answer those, I think that you are going on a show just for the sake of going on a show. Your time is valuable. Yes, you do get some benefits by by um, the experience. But I do think a lot of times podcasters do say yes too much. And, you know, if you can't have a good reason for going on the show, maybe you should say no. And so that's kind of where I wanted to go because I do see a lot of new podcasters just say yes because they've been invited. Especially new podcasters. I I will say for me, I... I will agree with everything you just said. Uh, for me personally, I am at a point where if I can schedule it in, I love podcasting. I have fun podcasting. It's way better than editing. Way better than editing. Can I say that again? It, podcasting, actual podcasting is way better than editing, at least for me. And and I have made it a point to try to be on, uh, when, when if somebody asked me to be on the show and it's a show that I can be on, I would love to. I have been asked to be on one show, actually, ironically, on the Gonna Geek Network that I have not been able to find a fit in for me. <laughs> and I'm like, I want to be on this show. And I just haven't been able to, to make it work just because I, th- there's a integral part of the show that I, I just can't uh, talk about to the, uh, to the audience. So I, I would feel real guilty going on that show. But normally if somebody asked me to be on the show, I'll be on the show. But that is a conscious decision that I made to place my time in the opportunity to go have fun and be on somebody else's show. And I've made the time to do that, but I have lost time to do other things along the way. So it, it it is part of not overextending myself with other things in order to do that. But I absolutely, it's, it gets to that second rule of hobby podcasting. It's not only two of your shows a week, but it's also guesting on other shows and, and everything. And I know I was, the pot calling the kettle black when I came up with that rule, but I came up that rule because I was violating it so egregiously. It it did end up affecting me along the way. And yeah, just don't overextend yourself. 
Yeah, and and I think when when you talk about your appearances and whatnot, because you know you have been doing quite a bit, but the thing is, you know that you're going to offer something like, and, and that's the difference between what I was talking about and and what you do, because you just said right there, right, that you can't get on a show because you know you wouldn't fit. That in itself tells everybody listening that you you apply this, that you think about what am I going to contribute to this show, as opposed to the people I was talking about, which are just like, you know what, I was invited. Ah, uh, 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 yeah, sounds good. Do you know anything about the subject matter? Do you think you could talk about the subject matter for for a whole episode, right? Like those those are the the conversations or those are the guest appearances that I was talking about. So I, I am a firm believer that you don't have to say yes to every appearance and that um, you should think about it. And I think that you are a great example of somebody that does think about what they can offer. In full disclosure, since he is in the chat right now, I can <laughs> I can disclose. He he said I could disclose what podcast it is. It's Waffles with the Play Comics podcast. He does a phenomenal job of of uh, merging a video game and a comic series. And the, the problem is, I don't play any comic book based video games that I know of, or you know, largely that are big comics and, and video games. I don't play a lot of video games. I love playing video games. I just don't put a lot of time into it. So it's a bad fit, in my opinion, to have me on the show. But Chris keeps on Chris's waffles, by the way. He keeps on asking. He said, you can come on my show anytime. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll make time sometime between now and the end of the year. It might have to be after the wedding in October. But between now and the end of the year, we'll, we'll make an effort to be for me to be on your show. And also Bangs Nutty Bits in the chat said, I told a podcaster no, having mm. me as a guest a few years ago. And they released a hit episode on me shortly thereafter. It was funny. Yeah, funny and and depending on how damning it is and depending on how big their audience is it might not be good for you either so you have to take that in consideration as well so when you tell somebody no and, and bangs probably did not do this by the way but when you tell somebody no just don't say no there's no way i want to be on your show you know you just let them down easy and and you know you use those techniques to uh say no politely rather than you know tick the the I was going to say something that uh, started with a P, but uh, I, I don't know if that's applicable as clean worldwide. So tick the the uh, other podcaster off. So yeah, well, I, we've had a great conversation. Is there any last things that you want to say before we sign off for the night? No, uh, come to our Discord, betterpodcasting.com slash Discord. I know we had a couple other things we potentially could have talked about that maybe we'll throw into our chat room over there at betterpodcasting.com slash Discord. We'd love to have you over there. Thanks to everybody who came on by the uh, live chat tonight. I wish I had written down all the names, but we did have Bangs Naughty Bits. We had uh, Academy Impossible, another TV viewer, Commander Root, Feet, the Lock Sports cast, Current, and Original Waffles. And I know Johnny Pennington was emailing us as well. And if you weren't chatting with us and were watching somewhere as well, thank you as well on that. And thank you to everybody that's listening to this after the fact. We really appreciate you listening and downloading the show, but uh, make sure you come watch us live so you can ask your podcasting questions to us in the chat live. For sure. So for episode number 34 of Better Podcasting Live Chat, I'm Stephen John Drew saying, you know who has not invited me on his podcast? Stephen John Drew, that guy. And I'm SP saying I hope you have a great week. Listen to the Better Podcasting main show next week. We'll see you in two weeks here. Bye. Toodles. Yeah, don't you know. <laughs>
You can find the full back catalog of Better Podcasting at betterpodcasting.com. If you're into geeky podcasts, please check out the other podcasts on the Gunna Geek Network at gunnageeknetwork.com. This show was produced and edited by Stephen John Drew of Gunna Geek Productions. Voice work was done by L.W. Salinas. Thanks again for listening or watching, and we hope to see you again next week.